Welcome to it. You're watching Stockwatch this week. I'm Zinati Guma here to wrap up your week in the markets. Today I'm joined by Rikas Riedes from PSG Wealth Rainsoft. Thank you so much for your time, Rikas. What did you make of markets action this week? I mean, uh, there was quite some seesaw trading. Uh, we had about, I think on Tuesday, the market's quite upbeat, but then you had a change of sentiment, seeming that there was more negativity than good news. So what did you make of trading this week? Well, yes, I think in a word, very volatile, um, but the overreaching theme, if I can call it that, was I think um, a switch from, shall we say, more value type of um, stock specifically um, overseas to more, you know, beaten down growth stocks. Um, so there is a bit of, I think, um, you know, a change in the market theme, if I can call it that. Mm. On the local side, obviously, um, the RAND had quite a big influence um, as it strengthened and the dollar weakened, although that didn't stop the resource sector from doing pretty well as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's check in on the UK. Um, and of course, I'm saying this on, I'm asking this question on the back of that uh, budget that was tabled on Tuesday. So, Less than two months ago, there seemed to really be a lot of panic and caution when uh, people were looking at UK exposed stocks. But you see results from these companies um, like Investec or even in the property sector, Sirius, actually coming in with good results. And I'm wondering if sentiment has changed where investors realize that actually these stocks are quite resilient and no matter what happens in the UK, they'll be fine. Or do you think that there's still more pain to come with a deep recession forecast in the UK? Well, I think the one thing that's happened in the UK is a certain amount of stability as far as their political and by definition um, economic environment is, is concerned for the moment. So um, even though the news is bad, you know, as they delivered in the budget going forward, a very deep recession, basically stagflationary um, circumstances, it is now known. And it's taken some of the uncertainty away. And as you've just said, you know, people are looking at stocks that have, might have been um, beaten down too far as a result of uncertainty taking a little bit of a look further at and say, well, how are they going to do specifically if they're UK businesses or even if they are just businesses that happens to be listed in the UK and have more global reach, how are those stocks going to do going forward, seeing that we now know on what economic path we are, and then just re-evaluing that and saying, well, even at these levels and at these depressed um, economic environment, they still offer value. And I think added to that um, is also a sense that um, um, although things are not going to be great for the consumer going forward, a lot of that is um, in the market already. You know, if uh. we just take a look at, for example, consumer spend in, in Britain actually came in um, better than expected. So yeah. it's not... You know, it's gloomy, but it's not all doom. Yeah, all right. Talking about gloom and doom, there's actually a question here. Um, out of the sectors that were beaten down during the pandemic on the JSC, 
Hospital groups, hospitality, life insurance and banks. So hospital groups, hospitality, life insurance and banks. Which sector mm -hmm. has seen the most recovery and which has been lagging? I don't know the numbers, but certainly as far as lagging is concerned, and this is a educated guest um, or guess at least is certainly the um, healthcare sector where yeah. although numbers are going back to pre-pandemic levels um, costs are still a problem um, for them and obviously also the uncertainty surrounding the national health initiative mm. so um, I think they would have been the laggard just just thinking back banks have had a good recovery and so and so is hospitality and and gaming um, as to which one um, the better I am not too sure but looking forward I think um, you know the um, hospitality sector seems still seems to have some um, legs left in it yeah and the banks would you not say that that the banks were the big winners here uh, in terms of the recovery well as I said they were certainly yeah. part of that recovery and going forward you know in the long term um, or in the longer term we still need growth to help banks mm. but um, that doesn't mean that they don't offer value at these prices and um, although the consumer is under pressure which obviously is a negative for banking mm. on the um, shall we say on the more um, on the company side of things as far as companies are you know need to invest that's actually looking a little bit better and the outlier there is that as you know a number of companies are busy or planning to expend quite a bit on alternative energy sources considering where ESCOM is that needs capital investment and guess where you get your capital from <laughs> unless yeah. it's from your shell that you go to a bank yeah. so that's an outlier that might actually add to banks profitability which you know two or three years ago we weren't really considering mm. uh, talking about um pressure on consumers so we actually had uh, quite uh differing movements when you look at the food retail sector spa had an absolutely um terrible time when they released their results sometime during the week but then on the other side of the spectrum you had Woolworths and ShopRite really being celebrated by the markets after their trading statements. I'm just wondering when you look at SPA, is SPA maybe for the more patient investor as when you look at their portfolio, they are doing movements in terms of restructuring and really trying to get a move on and some good profitability on the Poland business. I think so. Um, there's going to be pain in the short term. The expenditure that they have on the um, on the SAP systems yeah. um, is going to eat into profitability. Um, Poland, um, not unexpectedly, is is you know there's a lot to be done to turn around the what should we say the the philosophy of those of those um, shop owners to yeah. get them to buy into the spa way of doing things uh. um, but I'm quite confident that the spa management team will get that right in as much as they got Ireland right in as much as they got Sweden right it's a longer term story so I am pretty positive as far as spas overseas 
operations are concerned, and specifically Poland, despite all the geopolitical problem we have in Eastern Europe at the moment, if I were to invest in an Eastern European company, it would be Poland. Mm. Um, you know, unless, of course, the, uh, the current war yeah. situation escalates. Yeah. But I think Poland is the growth story of Europe, and that's where SPA is. So longer term, I'm quite positive on SPA, but as to whether it's by these levels, I think um, for the shorter term investor might be disappointed because there still is going to be volatility and uncertainty on earnings going forward. Sure, um, and it's quite fascinating looking at that chart. You see an almost a straight line there with the down movements. What about Woolworths? Do you think that Woolworths has now made a significant turnaround because the markets also have been reacting quite positively to the updates that we've been getting? I'm not sure about the South African business. I, I find it interesting that their online business actually declined. And if you take a look at ShopRite, check is that their online business still still growing. Yeah. So a lot of the optimisms, optimism surrounding Woolworths, and this is just my you know my thoughts about it, has to do with the with the Australian business. Ah. Um, so you know. Sorry, it's sort of two. It's a bit two steps forward and and one step back. They don't have that consistency of growth that, for example, something that Shoprite has displayed over the ah. past four or five years. Woolworths far more turnaround, I think, with as I've said, in my opinion, a bit of an uncertain situation as far as their South African business is concerned, as compared to the others. It's quite interesting that you say that you're concerned about the South African business and that the markets are more upbeat on the Australian business because not so long ago, it was a different story. Um, the markets were worried about the Australian business um, rather than the South African business. So quite interesting, um, your take on that. Another stock that the markets didn't like the... Um, update of this week was transaction capital um of course we buy cars continues to perform quite well um but of course there are some worries there in terms of looking at demand when it comes to uh, the pressure that inflation might have there and then you also have the sa taxi business where it seems that they took a lot of pain um would you be going into this business um right now because I feel like when you look at the fundamentals um, of South Africa, like that company is really structured, structured to thrive in a market like South Africa. Oh yeah, they they're very well positioned, as you've as you've said, and I think they're very competently managed. There's two factors I would say to the investment decision there, and obviously the first one is you know how pricey is it. Yeah. considering um, the backdrop of the South African co ah. consumers, specifically in the markets they are, whether it be taxi or, or um, second-hand vehicles through we buy cars. I think there is pressure there, and at current valuation, as far as the price is concerned, maybe it's asking a little bit too much. And then secondly, as you said, there, there are concerns on the um, second-hand car market. You know, it's not only here, but... Globally, um, um, that market has uh, come under a lot of pressure. And mm. even if we do well over here, that doesn't change the global sentiment outlook. And, you know, if, mm. if an overseas investor hears, oh, you know, 
transaction capital, second-hand yeah. car market. No, we don't want to be there, despite it possibly not being that bad as, for example, compared to the U.S. Ah, all right. There's another question here um, about Tungela. When looking at Tungela, what's the biggest thing you need to consider? The Europe energy crunch, the coal price, the cash flow and dividend, or the slow energy transition? Well, the slow energy transition is longer term the biggest factor because um, that's not going to happen overnight. I think people, although it's necessary, yeah. it's not necessarily doable. In the short term, cash flow will be affected by um, the coal price, which is quite volatile, you know, um, down from, I think, you know, close to $400 a ton, um, about 320 at the moment. Yeah. So. It will affect their cash flow. Um, will it affect what kind of dividend, you know, their dividend yield possibly? Although I must say the share price is about 30% down. Yeah. Um, but also in the medium term, is the European energy crisis over? I don't think so. They are at the moment saved by what is, a, what is unseasonally hot weather. Yeah. But whether it be gas, whether it be oil, whatever they've stored up in the past um, few months, whatever they haven't had to use because of warmer weather, it's going to be refilled okay. at some stage. You know, those, those stocks and the supply coming that used to come from shall we say, Russia and and, and Ukraine yeah. isn't going to be there next year. So um, I don't expect a collapse in the coal price, for example, back to um, the $75 yeah. dollar range. Uh, all right. Well, let's kick, quickly get to your stock pick for today, Rickers. Um, I've had it before. I'm sticking with it. It's Ultron um, for all the reasons that I've had. It's a company that's changing their... Um, income profile going forward. Um, the market liked their results when it was announced. The um, price has been moving in the right direction. And just from a technical analysis point of view, we are starting to break through to 52 um, week highs with a, again, technical target price of yeah. let's be conservative and make it 11 Rand from the current 9 Rand 50. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time and for your analysis today, Rickus. Uh, Rickus Readers from PSG Wealth Ramsach.